Good morning, everyone. Well, this is going to be interesting, isn't it? Andrew and I are sharing the stage together this morning. Uh, I don't know if it's going to end in divorce. It just could get really messy. Uh, forgive us now, okay? Uh, but uh, it's exciting as well. Um, I think actually we should pray before we start. I think that'd be a good thing to do. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your presence here now. We pray, Lord, that we might know your presence amongst us, within us, around us. We pray, Lord, that you'd speak to each of us, that you'd pour out your spirit upon us in power. Lord, we thank you that you, you come and you make us family. Lord, help us to think through what that means now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're doing our uh, series of sermons that we've entitled Belong, which is all about how we, uh, how we belong to church. What does that actually mean? Because, you know, we've said this before, Mark said it in the, the first week, that this building isn't church. It is actually a wrong theological statement to say, I go to church. We are church. We are church wherever we go through the week. We are church wherever we are. We are always church. It's about us, people. And uh, I say in the the little introduction in the notice sheet today that this idea of church is actually countercultural in our society. Because people in our society, they've been fed a lie. They've been told, be strong. It's all about self-sufficiency. You are fantastic as you are. You don't need anyone else. That's a lie. We are born for community. We are created to be in relationship with others. When God said to Adam uh, that, you know, it was wrong for you to be alone, he wasn't simply talking about marriage there. He was talking about the, the need for each of us to connect to each other. We are church. And our relationships are hugely important. I have a, um, a really high view of church. And uh, I, I think the church is the most amazing organism. And I use that word wisely, all right? Organism, because it is organic, the church. It's not an institution, it's organic. It's the most amazing organism that there is in the world. Because it's about bringing together a whole group of different people to be the body of Christ. To show something of the love of Christ to a a lost, broken, dark world. And the church, I think, is just incredible. This church is incredible. Every church, even those that are struggling to survive with no future, is still an act of beauty. Church is amazing. And it's incredible, isn't it, that right at the beginning of our passage today, Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think. And he doesn't then go on to say, change the way you see God in the world. Change the way you think about your relationship with God. He then goes on to say, change the way you think about how you relate to each other as church. Church is hugely important. We take church for granted. We think that all we need to do is rock up on a Sunday morning, do our hour, and then go home. That's not church. Church is so much more than that. Church needs to be, for this world, so much more than that. 
And our, our reading uh, today contains just a couple of verses that are hugely important. I mean, it struck me, I, I hadn't even noticed it really, but uh, in verse 3, um, where Paul says, don't think more highly of yourself than you should do. In other words, don't think that you can simply survive being a Christian on your own. You need others. And then he goes on to say this. And so in Christ, we though many form one body, each member belongs to the other. We belong together. We need each other. And that idea is all the way through the New Testament. Every single image that there is of the church in the New Testament has at its centre this idea of how we relate to each other. How we're meant to be deeply connected to each other. And today we're thinking about how we connect. And let me just say right from the start, Sunday morning is a terrible time for you to try and connect to others in church. It's just hard, isn't it? You know, it's, we've got this kind of very wide building. Uh, it's hard for people on that side to connect with people on that side because by the time you've walked over there, they've all gone and all those kind of things. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's hard to do. Everyone's in a rush afterwards. They need to go and get lunch, all those kind of things. Sunday morning is a really hard time to connect, but we are called to connect. We are called to have relationships that matter, relationships that are significant, relationships that have meaning. And that needs to go beyond Sunday. And then Paul says, settle down. Wait your turn. Uh, later on he says, uh, be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. When I think on that verse, it actually to me sounds like marriage. Be devoted to one another in love. Now that might be a scary thought for some of you. It depends who you're kind of sat with. You might be thinking, really? Married to that person behind me? No way. But our relationships are meant to be so deep that it has that element to it. That they are in some way open and transparent and deep and significant. We are to be devoted to one another in love. Now just look around. Look at each other for a minute. Go on. Just do it. Go on. Just do it. Have a good look. You might be thinking, wow, this is going to be hard work. <coughs> Devoted to all these people. See, we can talk a huge amount in the church about how we're meant to love one another, how we're meant to care for one another, all those kind of things, how we're meant to belong. But actually, belonging to church is hard work. Was that an amen? <laughs> Thank you, sister. Yeah. yeah. Let's be honest about it. Belonging to church is hard work. Thank you. We've got two. Wow. And Andrea's going to talk a little bit about that. So, yeah. Um, sometimes, though, it's a little bit like building with bananas. Because a brick, a normal building, I mean, I'm no builder, so, you know, bear with me here. This is my interpretation. So you get, a builder would get some bricks, 
build a very, very neat wall with bricks. I mean, OK, some bricks can be misshapen, but, you know, generally you get the idea, you know. But can you imagine building with bananas? As you can see, it can be quite tricky. And each of us is actually a banana because we're all imperfect, because we're all very different. And the reshaping of our lives um, to fit in with each other and our, the small compromises that we uh, make to avoid the friction are a daily necessity to us being part of church. And the thing is, I'm a banana. You know, I like green bananas. I don't like ripe bananas. I'll just put that one out there for you. So I've got preconceived ideas. I know what I want. I know what, how things should look like. I've got my personal experiences, my attitudes. Gosh, I've got some amazing attitudes to different things. My fears. I'm actually quite a fearful person. I'm an emotion. I know I'm a woman of a certain age, but I am an emotion. And I act on my feelings because I'm a banana. And actually, I've got loads of weaknesses because I'm a banana, because I can be bruised and a bit misshapen. And I bring into my relationships in church all kinds of distorted uh, conceptions. And actually, you bring all your different um, distorted conceptions into your relationships too in church, because we're all bananas. And we need to start getting honest with ourselves. I'm going to tell you a little story, just a very short story, about Jack and Grace. Jack and Grace were introduced by a mutual friend. From day one, it was a perfect match. Grace was everything that Jack wanted. This is not Steve and I, just thought I'd put that up there. Grace was everything that Jack wanted. She was beautiful, outgoing and caring. Always there when Jack needed her. They were inseparable for the first six months. Jack couldn't think of anything else but Grace. She was the one. Three years into their relationship, he still feels the familiarity of being with Grace, but the spark had gone. Grace's flaws became obvious. Not attractive as she once was, he resented the time she wanted uh, to spend with him. And one, one night, Grace decided that her and Jack should define what their relationship was. And he replied, we're together, aren't we? Why isn't that enough for you? He wasn't ready for commitment. It was unclear if he ever would be. He never really wanted to say that. I do. And here's the thing. There's millions of Jacks out there. Millions. And also, the thing is, Grace isn't a girl. She's the church. How many of us are dating the church? How many of us love it at first when we first joined? It was great. Oh, gosh, they're great, these people. But then six months in, a year in, started to begin to see people for who they are. 
How many of you aren't willing to make that commitment? That commitment to say, I do. I'm in this. That's where we get the deepest level of belonging. That self-sacrifice and that love for each other. The thing is, we're all bananas, as I've said. We're misshapen, we're unattractive and we're full of flaws. Being married to Steve has its challenges. (laughs) Namely, one is this vicar. And uh, that requires us to be part of different churches over the course of our married life. And many of you think, oh, but Andrea, that must be so easy for you to get connected into church because you married the vicar. Wrong. I'm a human being. And as I said to you, I'm a banana. But actually, I've got lots of fears. And one of the things I hate is having to walk through some doors of a place that I don't know anything about and be happy and friendly and nice. And not this church, but uh, one of our other churches that we were part of, um, we've been part of it for a while, actually. And uh, it's easy when you've got young children, if you're very fortunate to have children, because you can hide behind the children. It's easy when you've got a partner with you because you can walk in together. But no, I'm married to the vicar and he's doing his own thing, so it's me. And actually, I am an extrovert, I am outgoing, but I was met with these doors into the, this particular church hall. And these church, these doors were solid doors, so I couldn't see through them, so I didn't quite know what I was going into. I knew I was going into something that re, it revolved around food, so I thought, okay, I can do this. But the fear I felt was horrendous. I went in there and I was like, oh my goodness, I just want to go home. And I feel that like that quite often. I don't like going into new situations that I'm not sure about. But if I feel like that, how many others of you maybe, or others that haven't yet come to our church might feel? I have fears that I'm being watched. Have I got the right clothes on? Does my hair look all right? Will I say the right things? Because you know me, I always put my two feet into it and then think about it later. But it's those kind of things, my insecurities that come with me, and I'm sure, well, maybe I'm just on my own, maybe you're all perfect (laughs) and got no flaws. But what we need is the opposite to that. So maybe we need to, when someone walks into the room, shout their name. If someone shouted, Andrea, come over here, come and sit with us. Instantly, I feel valued, I feel welcomed, and I feel that sense of belonging. I think one of the problems with, with everyone uh, in trying to connect into church is, is our expectations. And uh, I've spoken to a number of people, some of whom have left this church and in other churches I've uh, been part of. Uh, they've left and they've said, I'm leaving because I've got no friends here. Now, friendship's important, isn't it? We all need friends. But I wonder if we're focusing perhaps on the wrong thing when we join church. Because really the Bible doesn't say that we make friends when we come to church. It uses a different word. It uses the word fellowship. And fellowship and friendship are two different things. I just want to think that out a little bit. So a friendship is, you know, you you meet someone and there is some kind of 
either heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit connection. You are kind of attracted to each other. And I, I don't mean that in any kind of, you know, physical, sexual kind of way. But there's an attraction. There's something that brings you together. You feel something that is uh, a, a, a affection for that person. And that is returned. And that develops into friendship where you start to share something about your life and who you are with that person. Fellowship is different. Fellowship is simply a choice to share your life with a whole bunch of people who you might not always feel that connection to. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. And it's a very simple word. And basically it means to to have in common. A bond. And our bond is Jesus. Our bond is that we each know Jesus within us and can see Jesus in other people. And it is that that brings us together. Now that might sound less attractive or not as deep as friendship. But I would say it's actually deeper. Because it's actually a choice to say, I am still going to share my life and who I am with a whole bunch of people who... I might not always like. Because we don't always like each other in church, do we? It's about saying, I recognize Jesus in that person. And so I'm going to share my life with that person in some way. I'm going to share something of my heart with that person. Something of my fears and my ambitions and my desires and my weaknesses with that person. Because they have Christ in them, like I do. That is a bigger ask. But it's also, I think, a deeper commitment. Because it's not based on feeling. It's not based on the kind of things that make a friendship a friendship. Now, fellowship can lead into friendship, but not always. Friendship is always about a deep commitment to one another regardless of that kind of heart-to-heart connection. I was in my, uh, Andrew and I were in our last church for 20 years. Uh, And in that time, we got to know that group of people incredibly well. Most of them became Christians during our time there. We saw them go from being uh, non-Christians all the way through to being leaders in the church. We'd shared some of our most important times of our lives with them, we'd shared their most important times of their lives. We'd been through all sorts of things together. And uh, they, they were family. They were more important to me than my own family. I spent far more time with them than my own family. And the day I announced I was leaving St. Andrews, I wept. I'm not, I'm not a big one for crying, but I was sobbing my heart out of the front. And then every Sunday afterwards, I cried. It was a bit embarrassing, to be honest. And I thought, what's it going to be like when I leave? I'm going to be heartbroken. But it was really interesting to me. Because the moment I left, I was thinking, right, oh, there'll be all sorts of people I'll be thinking about and pining for, all sorts of people I want to stay friends with. And it wasn't the case. I literally did not think of St. Andrews after I left. Mainly because I was throwing myself into you guys. And you're so much nicer. (laughs) 
but there are some people we have stayed friends with. See, I was in fellowship with a whole bunch of people, and it was deep, and it was significant, and it was powerful, but that wasn't necessary friendship. There's a difference. There are some of those people that we'll be friends with for the rest of our lives, but only a small number. And it's been like that with every church that we've been part of and left. See, being in fellowship with a group of people is different to being in friendship. And I think a lot of people come to church with an expectation of friendship. But actually what we get is fellowship. And if you choose to accept that, it is, more, it is deeper and can be more significant than any friendship you've ever had. I think we need to uh, ensure that our expectations are real around this. Because we don't always get what we think we're going to get. We need to look at our relationships biblically and understand that actually I can be in fellowship with people. And that can be meaningful and it can be deep and it can be encouraging and it can be resourcing but it might not always be friendship. And I think some of the difficulties that people have in church is around that that misunderstanding of what to expect. And so I want to encourage you to, to not simply seek friendship, but to choose fellowship. To choose to share your life with people that you might not always want to spend time with that you might not always like, that might wind you up in all sorts of different ways. Because actually, that is the glory of the church. The glory of the church is that God brings together a whole group of people who are united in one thing, that we know Jesus and his power, and that's enough. That is enough. You might not get the friendships you want, but you can get something, I think, just at least just as important. Perhaps even more so. So how do we connect? What do we need to do to do that? So yeah, how do we connect? How do we as bananas become part of this we are church we need to join in, and uh, uh, were they given it today or? Yeah, yeah. So t- you were given a leaflet about uh, information about small groups and missional communities. You know, maybe just have a read down that list and just see where you where you fancy going, see whether you can kind of try and guess what kind of people might be there. But it's a way, it's a good way of connecting because, as Steve said, on a Sunday it's really hard because people leg out that door so quickly. It's hard to catch some people. And that's fine. If you're a legger, that's fine. If you want to leg out, that's fine. But you've got a badge on today, so people know your name. So they might just shout your name, hopefully. Um, but the best, one of the best ways I have found, because I'm new to this church, we've been, we, it was actually yesterday, it was two years when we moved uh, yesterday. It was our anniversary, so we've been here two years. Um, and one of the best ways I've found to connect with, a, uh, with people on a deeper level is by joining a missional community, 
but also I um, am part of Celebrate Recovery. And maybe you need to think about joining in a group. Because if you do feel lonely or you don't feel part of Christchurch, one of the best ways to do it is to plug into a missional community. And it's hard. I mean, I work uh, full time, well, four days. And I find it really hard. I'm tired. I can't be bothered, to be honest with you. I'd rather just keep my shoes off and lie on the sofa and watch the telly. But actually, we need to be, uh, we are church, we are family, and I need to connect. And so I have to make an effort. So can I encourage you to think about joining a missional community or a small group? Maybe you don't want to join a small group or community, and that's absolutely fine. There's lots of ways to volunteer. There's lots of things that happen during the week that are always looking for volunteers. And don't ever assume that because there's a few people helping out, that that, that, that group of people are okay. They don't need anyone. You know, volunteering is really important. And there's things like the cafe, Tuesday at 2, family day. There's lots of different ways that you can volunteer. And if you want to find out more, Ask somebody who looks like they know what they're doing. Uh, that, I think that might be someone like Steve and Simon and one or two others. Um, eating together. You know, you don't have to have these sit-down meals. You can go to the chippy. There's loads of chippies in Southport. Although I discovered last Sunday that there's not many open in Birkdale on a Sunday night. But anyway, that's a different story. Hence me driving around to four chippies to find the chippy uh, that was open. Um, so yeah, you can just go to the chippy or just go to a coffee shop or something, as long as it's independent and not Costa or Nero, <laughs> as I saw some people with Nero cups today. Um, oh, But sometimes you have to make that first move. And it's about us noticing who's not here. Have you noticed if someone's been missing? Have you got their contact details? We need to notice who's not here. And for me, being part of something's been really important, and that's made me feel part of Christchurch. I mean, yes, you're a friendly bunch, and you've welcomed us, but we're really good at saying that initial hello. It's six weeks, two months, three months in, whether that connection is still there. We need a deeper level of um, relationships to be given that sense of belonging. I just want to finish for a moment thinking about the power of connection. Um, you know, as I said before, every uh, image of church in the Bible is all about connecting, about relationships. And when you think about what church could be like, then, to me, that's exciting. You know, imagine a church where anyone who comes through these doors feels like they're loved, accepted, and can belong. Anyone. Imagine if we could be the kind of church where whatever it is you're going through, there is someone in church who has been there before you can walk with with you through that. Imagine a church where every time we got together, we encouraged one another to be more like Jesus. Because that's the whole point of meeting together. In Hebrews 10, Paul says, do not give up the habits of meeting together. Why? He says, encourage one another, spur one another on to good deeds. Every time we get together should be an encouragement for us to press on and to not step back. 
to keep being more like Jesus in our everyday life. Imagine a church where whatever it is you are going through, someone is going to pray with you and support you. Imagine a church where we can discover who we are and what our gifts are because people are saying to us, do you know what, you're great at this, you're great at that. I love the way you love people or care for people or are passionate. We start to discover who we are in community and we discover our gifts in community. See, we can be the kind of church here where there is no, as Paul says, uh, Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, where everyone is equal, except the vicar. Uh, we could be that kind of church. And it's always a journey. You never get to that point where it's perfect like that. But we can work at becoming like that. And it just needs each of us to start thinking about how we connect to others. Are you connecting simply with those who are like you? Or are you going beyond that? Are you connecting with others regularly? through a small group or a missional community or through volunteering? Are you connecting with people in a way that takes you deeper in your relationship with them? It's really easy to be in a small group and for actually no interaction to take place, really. Have you ever been in a small group like that? I know I have. I want to encourage you to be the one in the small group that takes everything deeper. See, if we all did that, All this connecting stuff, all this belonging stuff would just come naturally. See, I can't do anything about your relationship with others. I've got got no control over that. But you have. It's up to you to take responsibility for how you connect to other people in church. It's up to you to take responsibility for your small group and taking it deeper. Not, it's not the leader's responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility. It's up to you to, to notice, as Andrew said, when people aren't here. And to make contact with them and check on them. See, if each and every one of us fulfilled our responsibility to the other, because we all belong to each other, then imagine what kind of church we could be like. Imagine what kind of church we can become. As Mark said on the first week, it is no good saying the church should do this, the church should do that. Why? Because we are church. And we are all responsible for all the relationships that happen in this church. So let me encourage you, don't be the kind of person who likes to sit on the sidelines. Uh, you, know, you know me, I'm an introvert. Connecting with people literally sucks life out of me. It does. I mean, at, the, at the end of the day, if I've been with lots of people, I am exhausted. Other people, like Andres, she's full of energy. I'm exhausted. But I have to make a conscious effort, a conscious decision to keep connecting to people. Why? Because I know just how important it is. And I want you to see that importance as well to take that on board and to take responsibility for it. So what group will you join? Who will you invite for a meal? 
Who have you noticed who's not around? What will you do about that? Those are the kind of questions that we want you to ask yourself today. Should we stand for a moment and would the band like to come up? And uh, there'll be um, a group of people to the side here who will, um, are going to be available to, to pray. Um, and I'm very conscious that the moment you start talking about church and connecting to church, and all, I'm probably talking to at least some people here who are carrying baggage because of hurts inflicted upon you by church members. There will be people here like that. Because unfortunately, because we're all badanas, we hurt each other. And some of us are more easily bruised than others. And that means that perhaps when you start talking about connecting, you kind of want to step back. There's something in you thinking, I'm not sure, I don't feel safe. Why not today receive healing for that? Because it does need healing. You need the Holy Spirit of God to heal your heart and your mind and to restore your soul. It might be like, as Andrew said, you've got all sorts of fears around connecting with people. And again, lots of us carry that. But there is no fear in the love of God. His perfect love drives out all fear. So again, why not receive prayer for that? Ask God to help you be the kind of person who connects to others and does so willingly and openly and persistently, not just for the next six weeks for the remainder of this sermon series. So why not receive prayer for that too? And of course, you can receive prayer for anything at all, whether it's sickness, something you're going through, there'll be people available to pray with you. But maybe there's some of those things that we were talking about that have just started to stir up something for you. You know, one of the ways in which we can connect with each other is to simply pray for each other. So uh, these guys over here will pray with you. I'm going to pray and then Mark's going to lead some worship. Father, I want to thank you for this amazing group of people. I want to thank you, Lord, for the for their love, for their commitment to this church. I want to thank you, Lord, for their willingness to grow into your likeness. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to keep on taking responsibility to connect with others, to make this church a place filled with love and honesty. Lord, I pray that whatever fears, whatever baggage we carry, Lord, that you would set us free from that. That you would enable us to connect with others at a deep level. Lord, help us each to be strong, to be courageous in sharing our life with other people. In Jesus' name. Amen.